Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Hi there. Before we dive into today's episode, which, by the way, is a solo episode with AC. Uh, It is his first solo episode here on The Estranged Heart, and I hope that you will welcome him with open arms. He is by no means a newbie when it comes to solo podcasting. He has lots of experience with that, but this is his first solo episode here on The um, Estranged Heart podcast. So yeah, that should be exciting. And a couple of reminders. We have the Moving Beyond Family Struggles Summit. 2023 third annual Moving Beyond Family Struggle Summit that will be October 12th through the 15th. I am a speaker on day three for this summit and if you are interested in attending it is online and it is free to attend each day Um, and the link for that to register is in the show notes of this today's um, episode. Side note to that is there is also an option to choose to purchase the recordings of all 30 speakers so that you can listen to each of their presentations um, and interviews uh, at your leisure. I know a lot of folks can get overwhelmed with listening to someone talk about estrangement hour after hour, day after day. Um, And so if that happens to be you, You do not have to be present each and every day. You can purchase a copy of the recordings and listen to them uh, as slowly or as quickly as you would like. So again, that registration link is in the show notes uh, for today's episode. And as a final reminder, well, it's not final. I'll give another reminder with the next week's episode as well. But the Zoom support groups for estranged mothers and recently reconciled moms, the deadline is fast approaching. And that is Sunday, October the 8th. You will need to be registered and completely registered, which is filling out an application and submitting payment uh, fee for the support group. And all of that will need to be done and completed by Sunday, September, I'm sorry, October the 8th. Again, Sunday, October the 8th. Uh, These groups will begin meeting the week of October the 9th. And they will meet weekly from October through the end of the year. So if you are interested in joining one of these groups, they are limited in size. uh, And we do have a few seats left available. So if you're interested in that, email me at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. And that email address will also be listed in the show notes for today's episode. So without further ado, here is AC and his first solo episode here at The Estranged Heart. Hey guys, no, you are not imagining things. It is me and I am all by my lonesome today. 
Today, I wanted to talk about something that I think it comes up for most of us fairly frequently, especially when there's some sort of conflict. I mean, whether we're directly involved in it or whether we are trying to support somebody that's close to us who's involved in it, either way, we're, we're stuck with the situation where we're not really sure what we're, what we're looking at, what we're working with. And we're often told that there are two sides to every story. And that means that we're looking at, okay, there's, there's two parties involved. We need to consider where each one is coming from. And if we're trying to like support people, we're trying to get each of them to see, you know, the quote other side of the story, you know, the other person's perspective. And when it's me who's directly involved, like I already know my side of the story and in a perfect world, if there's two sides of the story, all I'd really need to do is take a little bit of time and just consider where you're coming from. And we could probably figure things out fairly quickly when we're trying to get somebody to support us, you know, same, same thing, present them with your side, present them with my side, let them make up their mind, which side they want to believe. And, you know, again, that's like all perfect world stuff, but I don't know that that's the world that most of us live in, especially, you know, th those of us who are directly involved with this show, either through hosting it, guesting on it, or even just listening to it, we're, we're all people that come from a community that struggles with conflicting stories. We struggle with these interpersonal conflicts. We struggle just trying to get to the bottom of, okay, like whose side is the side that we should all be on? Like, is I, especially like if I think about for me, if just speaking from the perspective of somebody who's getting a little bit older, a little bit more forgetful and you know, it's not always easy to keep track of where I'm coming from, where I'm going. Maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe I've reacted inappropriately. Maybe a lot of things. I mean, there's, there's room for me to second guess myself. That being said, I haven't completely lost my marbles. So there's plenty of room for me to question where the other person is coming from as well. Question their motivations, question their memory, question their interpretation, just question everything about how they have arrived at their position, which is at odds with mine. You know, this whole two sides of the story thing, it kind of sucks because you think that two people that have gone through the same experience, I mean, like there shouldn't even be room for two sides of the story. There should just be one side of the story, right? Like in an ideal world, we were both there. We both saw the same things. We were having the same conversation. So how is it that we've arrived at such drastically different places in response to that? And, you know, when we talk to people, they, they often are, are quick to point out that, well, you know, maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe there aren't two sides to the story. Maybe there are three sides to the story. I mean, we've all heard this saying before, right? The three sides to the story being your side, my side, and the truth. And in all honesty, to me, this whole three-sided story thing, it makes a lot better sense. You know, that third side being the, the, the pure truth of the matter with no personal biases in the mix. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's a nice thought. 
the problem is that even though we're we're coming from separate sides, we're drawing our conclusions based on incomplete information, maybe an inaccurate interpretation. More often than not, we think we got all the information we need, but we're always blind to a complete picture of the situation, right? That, you know, that complete picture being the, the, the truth. And I, I think a lot of us, we get sort of hung up in the idea that like, because we can't see the, the whole picture and therefore we can't see the whole truth, the other person is probably in the same position even if we weren't at odds right now, even if we could have a rational discussion, if I put my piece together with your piece, we still may not come up with the complete truth. So this third side to the story, that sort of, I don't know, it, it just sort of seems like it's, it's, it's out of reach of us. So we tend to shy away from it a little bit. We may consider that, okay, they're, the other person's got their own perspective. We might want to sit there looking at it and thinking, okay, well, where are they actually coming from? But unfortunately, you know, in, in my experience with, with other people, and in all honesty, like even the way I approach situations a lot of the time, when I'm looking at the other person's perspective, I think when most people are looking at the other person's perspective, they're not looking at it trying to figure out okay, where are they coming from so that I can better understand the situation? They're looking at the other side, the other party's perspective and thinking, okay, how can I pick their position to shreds so that I can demonstrate that mine is the superior position, the more correct one, and get everybody to agree with me? When the other party is taking the same approach, well, then big surprise, the fight is on. And, you know, you, you hear people telling you, well, you need to talk it out. You need to hear the other person. We were both hearing each other. We're, we're, we're engaged in the conversational process, but I think we're, like, if we get engaged for the wrong reasons, you know, where we're trying to kind of like win in this sense. I'm not using words that maybe are as transparent as they should be because I'm afraid of giving you any ammunition that you could use against me. When you are expressing yourself, I'm not listening for clues as to how to resolve the conflict. I'm looking for clues on how to squash your wrong and, from my perspective, stupid position, which really isn't fair. We're, we're, we're kind of like just, I don't know, it just we, we weaponize our conversational tools. We're both trying to win, and that should never be the goal of of a conversation. The goal should always be to gain a better understanding, to resolve a conflict, just, you know, something productive, something healthy. You know, and as I, I, I sit here thinking about, you know, the third side of the story, I'm, I'm forced to consider that, you know, like, even if we look at this third side, you know, the truth side, I know my side of the story isn't probably the truth. Your side also probably isn't the truth. The, the truth, though, is open to interpretation. And because it's open to interpretation, it's subject to change in the light of new information or fresh interpretations. So the, the truth might not actually be the truth either. Maybe I'm getting a little bit deep in the weeds here, but... 
you know, like how much, how much truth is, is really available to us. Cause there's, there's feelings, there's biases in, involved here. It just, everything just gets so bloody complicated. You know, so I start thinking that, okay, so if the third side is the, we'll, we'll say quote unquote truth, which is open to interpretation, maybe there's a fourth side to the story even, which would be like the complete bare objective truth, you know, just the, the straight cold, hard facts. These things are carved in granite. They're never going to change. This is what actually transpired. Okay. My question about this cold, hard, complete, bare, objective, not open to interpretation truth, though, is like, does it actually help the situation? Does it actually factor in if we're trying to resolve a conflict? You know, if if I'm upset with you because you said such and such. The cold hard truth may be that you didn't say the things that I'm reacting to in the exact words that I remember. It may be that I just mis misinterpreted what you were saying. Maybe my, my memory is playing tricks on me. Maybe a lot of things, but the, the, the long and short of it is in my mind, I remember things going a certain way and it doesn't matter if you can come up with a thousand witnesses that heard it play out some way differently. It, it's really, really hard to shake me off of my own personal perspective. It's really hard to, especially when I've got so much deep emotion wrapped up in it. You know, maybe you didn't antagonize me. Maybe you didn't drag me with your words. Maybe you weren't trying to be nasty. Maybe a lot of things again, you know, it just, but whatever the truth of the matter is, you're stuck dealing with a person who has hurt feelings, a person who has been traumatized, a person who is looking for resolution. Now the cold, hard truth doesn't really help your case, right? Cause I mean, the more you come to me and say, look, like, I understand how you're feeling. I understand why you're reacting that way because I understand what you've described to be your interpretation of what happened. But I promise you, that's not the way it went down. I'm almost certainly not going to react well to that because I'm going to feel like I'm being invalidated. I'm going to feel like you're gaslighting me. I, I may feel all sorts of things that are counterproductive to to try to resolve anything. Naturally, your frustration is going to keep on building because you're sitting there thinking, like, look, like I, I'm I'm not crazy. All of the people who witnessed the situation, they remember things the same way I do. Like, why am I on the hook when I haven't done anything? And why should I have to try to make something right when I never made it wrong? Like, why can't AC just like pull his head out of his butt and realize that, you know what? He's, he's got things all wrong. But the thing is, when we're dealing with these types of conflicts, it, in my experience anyways, it's a fairly rare thing to get somebody to completely abandon their recollection of things and move towards this cold, hard, unbiased truth. 
what they want is some form of, of validation, some sort of acknowledgement and not like that kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm unpopular in, in this opinion, but I find like the phrase, I'm sorry you feel that way to be really dismissive and crappy. I hate it when people say that to me, Ooh, my blood boils. So like if somebody's going to come with one of those kind of acknowledgements where it's like, well, I can see that you're upset and I'm sorry you feel that way. I promise you the fight is going to be on. I need something better than that. At the same time, I understand like when I'm on the other side of things and like I know for sure I haven't done or said anything wrong. And this person is still looking at me like I'm a monster. They still need to be validated and acknowledged. And I'm just having a really, really hard time giving that to them. You know, and this is like up up until this point, we've covered like what? Four sides potentially to a story. There might even be more sides than that. Because most situations that like that, that play out between two people, they don't play out in a way that's isolated only to these two people. There's usually some sort of audience that's involved, whether it be people that just happen to witness the event, whether it happens to be people who are invited in as support system, whether it's just people who have heard a rumor and they decide that they want to like cause trouble. I think that another potential side to the story just could be the the fictional element, like the stuff that these outsiders are going to like drop into the middle of the situation just to see how volatile they can make it. Now you got two people where their idea of the truth is based on completely fabricated lies. I mean, the situation at best was not going to be easy to resolve, but now we got like these four, five, maybe even 10 sides to the story that are factoring in. I mean, there's more sides developing the more into this, this thought exercise we get. I mean, it's just crazy. I kind of, I I get so stuck. It, it just like, it, it, it amazes me that conflicts ever get resolved with how many countless sides of a story might be playing in. But somehow we, we manage to do it sometimes, but I mean, again, other times, obviously we, we don't. So it's like, I'm not trying to drop all this stuff on you guys because I want you to stress out and thinking, man, conflict resolution is out of reach conflict resolution is a pie in the sky fantasy because it's not i mean we can start taking sides away from the story reducing the number of sides when we start making clear and conscious decisions related to the situation when we start setting goals right when i realize you know what my hurt feelings aren't as important to me as figuring out how to have you in my life you know, there's, there's a pretty strong one to think about, you know, the, the objectives sometimes over time, they change, you know, whereas in the heat of the moment, I just want to be heard. I want to be right. I want to be recognized after six months of not seeing you. I might be looking at things a little bit differently. 
I might be wondering, could I have chosen different words? What were they seeing on my facial expression? Was there a mismatch there? Were their reactions directly related to me? Did they have a rough day leading up to that conversation? Did the pressure of both of our bad mornings sort of just crush this interaction that we had? Did it set us on a collision course that, that didn't need to happen? What is the truth? Can we see it? Can we find it together? Can we even acknowledge collectively that, you know what, we're never going to know the complete truth. We're never going to see the complete picture. All I know is that I see through my eyes and when I look at you, I can not just see you, I can see a little bit past you, I can see behind you, I can see around you. When you approach me, same thing, you look at me, you can see past me, you can see around me. We can see each other in context. Sometimes that context opens up all sorts of room for conflict, but if we, I think, adjust what we're focusing on in that context, it can also be a really powerful tool to start resolving conflict, right? Because, I mean, if you want an example of like a negative context, a negative context that is a really, a really common one is one of those things where we say, okay, well, you said something that was really, really harsh. And in situations like this, you always dot, dot, dot. Okay. Those you always comments, depending on who you talk to, some people think that they're fair. Other people think that they're not fair. I'll leave that up to you to decide. I'm not your therapist. But it is context, right? Another context might be, you know what, in situations like this, this person is kind of disadvantaged because they've got a history of abuse and trauma. They have a history of just not being taught any better. And if I consider the context of where this person is coming from, then maybe instead of holding them to these impossibly high standards and expecting them to, you know, just make me feel super, super good all the time, I recognize that, you know what, they need a little bit of space, they need a little bit of understanding. Just like sometimes I need a little bit of space, I need a little bit of understanding. Of course, we also need accountability, right? We don't always like being held accountable. We don't always like holding each other accountable, but it, it's, it's a necessary part of a relationship. Sometimes that accountability, man, that causes conflict of his own. But, you know, if I want to like tie everything together and bring it back into like, okay, how does all this factor into an estrangement situation? I'm not aware of anybody ever estranging themselves from a relationship that didn't matter. Nobody has ever estranged themselves from a situation where there's no conflict, where there's no turmoil, where there's no misunderstanding. Nobody estranges themselves from somebody who makes them feel safe. Nobody estranges themselves from validation or loving support or just, you know, there's got to be something wrong in order for that separation to occur, like what the something wrong is, maybe it's one of 
one of these many, many sides of the story that needs to be considered. Maybe some of these sides of the story need to be minimized or eliminated if possible. Ideally, we can work through these things with the input of the other party, but sometimes in these long-term estrangement situations, we don't have access to the other party. So what we're left to do is trying to eliminate as many sides, unnecessary sides of the story as we possibly can by doing the work on ourselves, realizing that, you know what, my interpretation was a little bit messed up because I was traumatized when I was younger. I held this person to an impossible standard because my my expectations were unrealistic. I got upset with them for crossing a boundary, but I, I hadn't set a, a healthy boundary. I had tried to assert control. I'm upset because they're not listening to me. But you know what? Maybe it wasn't the time for them to be listening to me. Maybe it was the time to be listening to them. We can't talk and listen at the same time. Like We got to have that bit of give and take. And there's so many things to consider. But I mean, if we think about where we started, we started off thinking about our side of the story, you know, and we, we need to look at that side of the story first. Let's look at our side of the story. Why is it that I have interpreted the situation this way? Why is it that I am reacting in this way? Why is it? that I assume these things? Why is it that I am so hostile to certain types of information? Why is it that my role in things plays out the way of my role in things does? Let's look at all of those things exhaustively before we ever take a moment to start worrying about what the other person did wrong. And I think that if we take that approach, even if the other person sort of just... They don't do their work. They remain, you know, however they've always been. I don't want to say they remain in the wrong. Maybe they're not. Don't know. Don't care. But I think if we do enough work on ourselves, no matter how wrongly they approach us, we'll be able to react to it in healthy ways. We'll be able to deal properly. We'll be able to say, you know what? I can't handle you right now. I need an hour. I need to go take a walk, not like a case of I need to take five years. You know what I mean? The goal isn't always to reconcile and to fix things and to end up in a situation where everything is wonderful forever. Sometimes the goal needs to be, let's figure out how to make things functional, like barely functional, without sacrificing well-being, like my well-being, your well-being. Maybe again, the goal should be to figure out how to be okay with this person never returning to our lives. But you got to start with your side of the story. You got to like consider all these multiple sides of the story. You know, just, just take the steps. I think I've done a reasonable job of explaining at least how I see the, the, the overall situation. Maybe you've got different ideas which is fine. You don't have to agree with me. I don't want to tell you what to think. I just want to sort of encourage you just to think, consider, interpret, feel, heal. You know, the last one's the most important, just heal. And whether you've got somebody to talk to professionally, whether it's a friend or whether you're stuck dealing with this on yourself, I think you can heal. I think you got enough inside of you 
to figure things out. You got enough information floating around between your ears. You got enough writing on the situation to inspire yourself to pursue that healing. You have enough love in your heart, hopefully for yourself or for the other party, to heal. Just take the time to heal. Anyways, friends, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And until next time, I was tempted to sign off the way I do on my, my other show, but I'll say until next time, just, you know, think, think about what we've talked about today. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm working on, you can visit my webpage at acfisher.com. That is A-C-F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. For anything else, visit theestrangeheart.com. If you've got any comments or questions for Creator or myself, you can send out an email to theestrangedheart at gmail.com. And yeah, just love to hear from you. Anyways, friends, take care. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you are able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. <music>